afternoon. It's a pleasure to see everyone today. This is uh, Robert Charles of Life Nation with Prophet Shantae, and we are excited about what God has in store for us today. Um, there are some amazing things that we want to get into today for Life Nation, but before we get started, let us just start with a brief, brief prayer, all right? Praise God for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We, <clears throat> we thank you for your majesty, your greatness, your authority, uh, everything that you have designed for us to be in this earth. Um, <sighs> Lord, this message today about woman, God's superpower on earth. Woman, God's superpower on earth. We thank you for the revelation about this whole series. And Lord, we ask that as we listen, as we go into it, that people will be encouraged. People will be enlightened. And there'll be a, just, a, 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 just a whole wave of empowerment that will come through this message on today. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Let's jump in. <laughs> I'm very excited about this series, as you can tell. Um, we're not, first of all, let me say this. We're not dismissing the men. The men of God are excessively powerful. The men on this earth are extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. But right now, one thing that has been overlooked, and the Holy Spirit kept continuing to minister to this to me several years ago. As you know, we've talked about this uh, four something years ago, almost five years ago. And here we are again because there is such a reversal of historic significance in this time today. So many are trying to get in, in the political scenes and arenas, even in the social arenas, are trying to push women back into a state of negligence. Mm -hmm. Women are not property. Mm. Women are not less than. <laughs> Women are made in the image of God. We have to understand, I don't have time to go through all of it today, but you have to go back and look at the other last couple of weeks um, right here on this page at Life Nation because we've been talking about it so intensely and I can't give you a whole review because I won't have time to go to with what I have for today. But woman, God's superpower on earth, real quickly, Transliteration of, of what this means, of woman, help meet, as we talked about. The word, original word, Hebrew, look at it. Ezer, E-Z-E-R, or K-N-Ghetto. Those words mean to save. They mean power. They mean to be strong. All right? Um, Genesis 3 and 20, we look at this here. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all, of all living, okay? In the Hebrew, Eve is translated as Hawa, H-A-W-W-A, which means mother of all living. So, not just mother, not just mother, mother of all living. We even have a thing, uh, a studies where they show that the mitochondria, uh, mitochondrial, Eve. mitochondrial Eve. Let me slow down my words. <laughs> it's the DNA of humanity 
that all humans are based out of. So that goes back to the mother of all living. What is a mother? She gives birth. A mother is able to produce. A mother brings forth or to deliver. A mother is a protector. A mother is a educator. A mother is a friend. I love when I see uh, parents, particularly mothers, who have, yes, the power, yes, the authority, yes, the leadership and the protection and education of their children, but as the children can see them in the kind version as a friend, someone who they can trust, someone who they can confide in. That's good for a mother. Last week when we got into it, <laughs> we talked about there was a unction I received from the Spirit of God about this next wave in humanity. There's going to be a tremendous amount of shifting into female leadership. If all those religious zealots who want to come into that womanship, blah, 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 you are under a doctrine of error that deals with lowering or belittling women that they can't lead. That is not biblical. That is something that's colonial. That is Western civilization. That is a system that Europe has developed through their proliferation of colonization over the earth to dehumanize women as property and something less than. That's not biblical. The mother of all living, that is a title of honor, a title of glory, a title of power and expression, mother. And see what happened, we have to understand that as we, as we talked about it the last couple of weeks, God created woman, God created man and woman in his image, male and female created he them. So a woman is the embodiment of the image of God. Just like him. Not the image of a man. A woman is not the image of a man. A woman is the image of God. God is both male and female. Stop removing and stop belittling the female nature of the living God. You harm yourself. You harm humanity. You belittle who the majestic and the, the almighty one is when you do such a thing. Okay? So look at this. There's um I want to get into some 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 text here. Uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 12. Verse 42, this one passage used to always mess me up, but I'm going to give it to you today. Okay, look at this. It says, Matthew 12, 42, it says, the queen of the south. For those who don't know who that is, that's Queen Sheba. Will stand up as a witness at the judgment against this generation and will condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth 
to listen to the wisdom of Solomon, and now something now something greater than Solomon is here. People look at King Solomon, which he was, and he is, and he shall continue to throughout history, be the wisest male who ever lived. So long studies into that, which I don't have time for now. But when we look at Queen Sheba, as she stands up, standing. What is standing? Getting into the position of authority. A position of leadership. A position of witness. A witness of judgment. And judgment is not an evil thing. Judgment means that it is a position of leadership and rulership that is established by being elevated in position. Now something greater than Solomon is here. So here it is, the scripture says, this is Christ talking and talking about the fact that the greater than Solomon is established and ordained through the establishment and the standing up of the female. Why do you think they call Christ called the body of Christ as the bride of Christ? Jesus mentions to religious leaders that a female will be a judge to the generation. A female will be a judge to the generations. She will be there establishing signs and wonders and wisdom and all these things. Now, look at this. Christ himself stood to the religious organization powers of his day and declared the authority and the power and the greater than Solomon being of that of female. I'm sure that people had some conniptions back then. Why do you think they crucified him? <laughs> it was the religious who crucified Christ, not the people. Religion suppresses. Religion suppresses. Religion makes you a slave to something. A slave to a tradition. Alition means to bind. You won't do you're bound to traditions. All this pageantry, all these things that are established. Even Peter talks about and Paul talks about vain effect. Traditions that really don't make values to the entire human human race. Jesus appoints the woman as the judge. For us in modern times, when a judge enters the room, they say, all rise. So when a judge enters the room, every single individual in that room must stand to a state of attention to recognize who is the authoritative factor in 
that room. That's what Christ is doing. Christ is establishing a whole, I mean, he's breaking all these religious bondages about male-only leadership by standing and declaring something greater than Solomon because what happened was people are in awe of Solomon. He was like the untouchable as far as wisdom, as far as class, as far as leadership, as far as wealth. For how would he sit there and come and say something greater than Solomon is here when expressing through a woman? Don't fuss at me. You can talk, take it up to Jesus. For all those organizations who suppress women, Jesus is coming to tell you the very same thing he told the religious leaders of his day. Prophet. Something greater than Solomon is here, meaning Christ himself. Mm. Christ himself being the summation of all wisdom. And he said, I'm going to use a woman to point out the fact that something greater in wisdom is here and you all didn't receive it. Hmm. I'm going to use a woman as a discerner of whether or not you could actually recognize when wisdom that exceeded Solomon is here. Now that's powerful. <laughs> the religious generation of that day was considered evil and adulterous meaning it was not just about marital but morally unfaithful to god because at the time they were taking on different traditions of the world oppressive systems oppressive tactics things that have nothing to do with the christ things that have nothing to do with you know with the lord the glory the god of abraham isaac and jacob the love of religion put a self-imposed rule that usurped the both male and female nature of God and his kingdom. <sighs> the Supreme Court of the United States, which is now under question, it considered the most powerful body of leaders in the world. Now we question that because we see the behaviors of that on the Supreme Court. But my example, I want to tell you, the high court of the Lord, he has empowered and commissioned a queen as the judge of the earth. Woman, get, stand up, get in place, Start ruling and judging because there's characters and there's relationships and there's things that humanity must have in order to survive and to be sustained that only can come through you. The DNA of the body of Christ is embodied and personified in the glory of Queen Sheba. Now, who was Queen Sheba? Who is this Queen Sheba? Let me pull this up for you, okay? I have I have my um, tablet here. Let me pull it up. Oh, my goodness. And Sheba isn't her name. Sheba is... Yeah, we're going to get into that. Yep, yeah. Sheba. Sheba is a location. 
Here is an example of, let me just grab, get to it. Here's an example, uh, artistic depiction of the Queen of Sheba. As you can see here. And as a matter of fact, there is even a, a relatively modern successor in the Queen of Sheba. So much glory involved with that. She was considered the Queen of the South. Ethiopia is where she was. There was 1,600 miles between Ethiopia and Jerusalem. 1,600 miles. That's the distance for those who are American between New York and Texas. Long duration away. Her name was Queen Makeda. That was her Ethiopian name. M-A-K-E-D-A. That was the name of the queen of Sheba. You know what Makeda means? The name Makeda? Because we have to understand names mean something. Makeda, M-A-K-E-D-A, means greatness. That also brings another, I mean, I think in the scripture about greater work shall you do than I have done, Christ even says. When you look at the collective bride of Christ, the united worldwide global embodiment of believers, they're going to be doing do greater than what, what Christ even done on earth. So when you look at greatness in that name of Keda, they go hand in hand. Now, this is where some people may have another conniption. Let's give you a little forewarning. Just hold, don't hold your breath. Just breathe. Breathe with me. Inhale, exhale. <laughs> okay? The queen of Sheba was Ethiopian, which means she was African, a dark-skinned African, who impressed the wisest man on earth during her rule in 960 BC. Look at this. The queen of Sheba or Queen Makeda think about it. Sheba is a very small kingdom. But however, the size of the kingdom is no relevance to the power of the kingdom because Sheba was rivaled was like number two behind Egypt, another African dark-skinned country of those times. Her kingdom was one of the most revered kingdoms in the world. Sheba, she controlled trade routes. She had impressive gold mines. She had so many remarkable of achievements. I mean, she inspired culture for over like 3,000 years. Ethiopia, I can tell you, is like a mother of the motherland, <laughs> okay? The very oldest Bible that's in existence in humanity is from Ethiopia. Prior to westernized colonization and renaissance, which was the 
kidnapping of other cultures and considering it European. Okay? Her kingdom, her beauty, her splendor was so powerful that she was welcomed to judge the wisest man on earth. People think <laughs> that she came to Solomon for a handout. People have this twisted mentality, think that because she, you know, she had to come to this man and the man had to do her right and she had to get approved and all that stuff. No, she came to judge the wisest man on earth. She came to see what he was about. She came to see if what was said about him was true. Now, where would we be as a nation in America, in other nations of the world, if the woman who had the influence was stepped to the men in leadership and judged them to make sure what is being said about them is actually being practiced by them? Well, we're actually experiencing that, and we see the amount of backlash to women actually doing that, mm -hmm. calling men to the to the uh, to the stand, we see that in our congressional and our leadership, when women are questioning men of questionable character, we saw it with the confirmation hearing of Judge Kavanaugh, and we also saw his response when he was called to give an account for his moral character and ineptitude. So what happens is this chains of suppression and minimizing the impact and the life and the authority of women, the female nature of God, is coming to a place where the bonds will be broken and the queen of the south, the authority of the queen of the south, the authority of Sheba, the authority of greatness is stepping into position to judge the men. Not to condemn the men, but to judge them to make sure that what's being said about them is actually what's being practiced, which would put humanity in equilibrium. Sheba came to Solomon he was, he was world-renowned as far as his wisdom and leadership, and she was there to sit as a judge of Solomon. But guess what? It was a commercial business relationship that happened between the wisest woman on earth and the wisest man on earth. And guess what? They were cordial to one another. There was not this antagonistic, well, I'm better than you, or you better than me, or I'm above you, or you beneath me. Listen, that Sheba and Solomon relationship representing the male and the female of God on earth in leadership is what is going to come into balance. For humanity, their allegiance together, the wisdom of the male, the wisdom of the female leading on the world global scale in wealth, in knowledge, in wisdom, in, in pageantry, in leadership, in order, 
that is what's being released in these upcoming hours of humanity. Mm. Matter of fact, Sheba and Solomon, they their commercial relationship started and that was so well that that even grew into a family relationship where they produce an heir who ruled Ethiopia. Let's turn to some text. Some more text. <laughs> I hope y'all getting this today. Ladies, 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 ladies. Stand on up. As Christ says, stand on up. And don't fear. Bring your wisdom, your authority, the resources you have and check leadership with the grace of God. Look at this. First Kings, verse 10, verses 1 through 10. I'm going to read out the message. I'm so, why am I so excited? Because I am. I just am. <laughs> the queen of Sheba heard about Solomon and his connection with the name of God. <laughs> it's a whole boatload in there. Men, what is your name connected with? What is your name connected with and what is attracting people to you? I didn't finish the half of the first verse. The Queen of Sheba heard about Solomon and his connection with the name of God. She came to put his reputation to the test by asking tough questions. Can your reputation take the testing? Can your reputation take the testing? Can your can your ego take the testing? <laughs> can you, as province, oh, we're having a good time. Can your ego take the testing? If a woman comes to you, oh my, <laughs> to test you and your leadership, are you going to get domestically violent? Would you see that happens in many cases when you try to men get question by a woman who are you will you will you be dismissive and say you got no right to be here would you be religious and try to pull a god card and say women don't are not supposed to question the men in authority because they the head over them whatever <laughs> oh my god I, it's, it's it's just so much here preach preacher <laughs> jesus said the queen of the south is coming to judge so you have to understand the background of who she is and what the prototype of what Christ is talking about. I'm sorry, I don't mean to yell. <laughs> I'm just excited. All right. It's a passionate lifting of the voice. <laughs> a passionate lifting of the voice. All right. Now look at this. She made a grand <laughs> and showy entrance mm -hmm. into Jerusalem. Now you know this. She was an African woman. Come on, she—you know she was. She was coming with the bling and teens. The power of African melanin came in. Camels loaded with spices, a huge amount of gold, precious gems. She came to Solomon and talked about all the things that she cared about, emptying her heart to him. And Solomon answered everything she put to him. Nothing stumped him. See, this is it. Men, 
Can you let women come to you and express every part of their heart and you listen? Men, let the woman stand up. You sit down and you listen. Listen to what the heart is saying. Listen to the questions they have. Listen to, you know, the wisdom they want to bring to you. And number two, uh, not so much in this order, stop dismissing women for having an outward expression that's grand. You don't need to look at none to be a leader. She was expressed in her image. She was expressly beautiful. So we have to stop condemning women who are beautiful and call them Jezebels or whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You got to stop dismissing women who have physical features that are very attractive. We have to stop dismissing women in garments. If I hear, now I'm pretty talking about garments. And not about the leadership of the woman, I'm telling you, we're going to have a tarrying service. Oh, goodness. She came with her own wealth. And Solomon was not intimidated, prophet. That's good. We're going to have to come back to that. She came with her own wealth, and Solomon was not intimidated. You know, when I hear this scripture, what immediately comes to mind for me is um, if you think about coming to America, right? Especially coming, the first one, where there is this whole pageantry that's being shown, where people are bringing things in, where there is a, a court and all of that. And just even imagine, you know, it would have been probably a million times greater than what is pictured in cinema. You know, she came with an array. She came with servants. She came with camels. She came with gold. She came with precious gems. She came, and those were gifts. That wasn't even her substance. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Let's talk about that. Those were the gifts that she brought to have an audience with the king. So she wasn't just, um, you know, giving every giving up everything that she had. That was her gift presentation. Outside of who she was and what she carried and what she had. Go ahead. I'm telling you, it's getting it's getting heavy, getting heavy. She came with her own wealth. Woman, don't be afraid to gain your own wealth. Western civilization made it to where women could not even have a job, that they could not even have a bank account, and to reach, they couldn't even have a credit card. That is of the devil. It's oppression, yeah. That's oppression. That's bondage. God has not designed you to not be able to carry and bring your own wealth to the table. You don't have to sit there and be in a position of, having to beg and be quote-unquote a gold digger or whatsoever in order to be a leader and to make it in society. She was established upon her own before she even came to the wisest man and started a family. So men, stop being intimidated by women who are leading 
by women who are wealthy and by women who are business leaders and have answers to solutions in the earth. They are there as the female God. God is both male and female. So that is the very expression of God coming to your face. Like Adam said, whoa, man, womb, man. She, he recognized that this was a grand creation of God that completed the human cycle of leadership. Okay, look at this. Let me keep on going. Oh, this is, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I hope y'all are listening and sharing this and people are uh, shared wide and shared far because this is some, this is some heavy stuff. I don't, you don't hear women talking about this. Um, preachers talking about this, but I'm going to be one of those people that's going to talk about it. When the Queen of Sheba experienced for herself wisdom, Solomon's wisdom, and saw with her own eyes the palace he had built, the meals that were served, the impressive array of court officials, and sharply dressed waiters, the lavish crystal, the elaborate worship extravagant with burnt offerings at the steps leading to the temple of God, it took her breath away. I hear a song. I, I'm not a singer, but I hear a song, prophet. It took her breath away. But I want to say this, because if you look at that text, you got three components really that's happening there. She experienced for herself and she saw for herself. That's the first thing. She wasn't taking anybody else's word for it. She wasn't letting uh, even another woman, per se, talk her out of going to experience and see for herself. Yeah. But she saw three components of just excellence that took her breath away. She experienced his home. She experienced his leadership, how everyone was on point and in the service of something great. And she saw the worship. So it wasn't just his home. It wasn't just his leadership, but also the worship took her breath away. Let's not forget that. <laughs> and sometimes people downplay their spiritual side as if it is not a part of the threefold cord of your masculinity and your rulership oh. and your royalness and your divineness. He didn't put that under a bushel. No. His spiritual life and, and who he was serving and who he was dedicating all of this to, because remember Solomon dedicated the temple, right? It was under him that the temple was built. So he didn't hide that aspect of himself to say, oh, I don't, I don't want her to see how spiritual I am. No, her, his spirituality was a turn on. It was an attractive factor and not a repellent. Mm, mm, mm. Oh my gosh, prophet, <laughs> you repeat something here. So his home was right as a single man. His leader, his place of employment was right. The palace. And his and his spiritual side was right because elaborate worship 
that was pure and sincere. Like these days, you, you get so many cr criminal organizations where men are in uber power, have significant crazy wealth, but we go into their places, their homes or whatever their establishments are, the only thing you sense and feel is darkness. Or fear. Or criminality. With decoration. Solomon was pure. His worship, his home, his leadership, his staff, his worship was all in position. Men, you don't have to hide your worship from the woman. You can be a man who prays. You can be a man who cries unto the Lord for strength and guidance. Solomon outer expression was established by his inner relationship with God. You can be a man who dances before the Lord with all his might and takes care of what he needs to take care of. I'm telling you. Solomon has a reign of peace because he asked God for wisdom and how to handle people. Mm. That word about wisdom and how to rule over people is what brings her to come and put his reputation to the test. How are you ruling or leading people? How are you leading people? Are you leading them from the wisdom you got from God? Are you leading them from a 12-step business plan that came from somebody in the Western world? Are you leading them with archaic mentalities about who's the boss and who's the subject? Listen. A time of testing is coming to those in leadership. And it's something you don't need to fear. Because if you're following the heart of the Lord God, you can be put to the test and still shine. Look at this. She said to the king, it's all true. Your, your reputation for accomplishment and wisdom that has reached all the way to my country is confirmed. Oh, that's be that right there. <laughs> listen, 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 leaders. She was not just there to judge something, but she was there to confirm it. We often hear about services of affirmation, right? But this was a service. This was a meeting of confirmation. Confirmation. A woman confirm this great king. Nah, nah. A woman confirm. People are up in arms because a woman is ordaining people <laughs> in the church world. 
up in arms because of women in leadership bringing other people into leadership. Sheba, who Christ said is going to judge the world, confirmed Solomon in everything that he put together. Now go fight with God on that one. Because I ain't fight with you. Let the angels come get you. Such wisdom. Look at this. It, oh, excuse me. I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it for myself. They did not exaggerate. Listen, when you are walking in integrity as a male, when you are taking care of people properly as a male, when you are sharing love and equity as a man, the woman will come into your territory and confirm See, what's not seen here is the expression of his heart that all the work that he has done was appreciated by somebody outside of his realm. Appreciated somebody by outside of his realm. There was no yes men. There was no yes woman. There's nobody in fear. She came with her own independent agency to bring a seal of approval upon the wisest man on earth and his leadership. Go ahead. Your work being appreciated outside your realm of control. <laughs> your work being appreciated outside of your Metron. It's one thing when your servants say at your service, my king. <laughs> it's one thing when your court says it. It's another thing when someone comes from an entirely different country and space and says, I just came to confirm what is here. And I just came to confirm mm. that your excellence is not an exaggeration. Men, <laughs> are you exaggerating your excellence in the world? Are you exaggerating your importance in the world? Or has somebody come along to confirm that what you say actually is? Do not prohibit those from the outside to come and see what you're doing with the right sequence. Look at this. Such wisdom. It's, oh, wait, I can go deeper into this, but let's just... Time is running out fast, so such wisdom and elegance, far more than I ever could have imagined. Now, here she is bringing this man gold and all these things. I mean, she get, uh, we get into, we're going to get into a little bit more. We might be go just on this portion into next week as well. But what she brought to him was very heavy. It was no simple thing. She didn't bring him a couple of, you know, you know, a silver watch or anything like that. Or a couple pair of Nikes, you know, Air of Jordans or something like that. Look at this. She said, such wisdom and elegance far more than I ever could have imagined. Lucky the men and women who work for you. Getting around every day to hear your wise words firsthand. So when people come in and see your wisdom, wisdom is how you treat people. 
You don't treat people inequitably. You don't treat people with harshness and rudeness. She saw the love. She saw the love in the details. When you love people, people will love what they do. Hear that, leaders. When you love people, they will love what they do for the call and the vision on your life. And here we go. You thought she was, she's just getting started with her confirmation service of Solomon. <laughs> it says verse, look at the next one. And blessed be your, be God, your God, who took such a liking to you and made you king. Clearly God's love for Israel is behind this, making you king to keep a just order and nurture a God pleasing people. Now, Verse 10, she gave the king four and a half tons. Four and a half tons. Four and one half tons. <laughs> Do you know how much a ton of gold is? At a thousand dollars an ounce, how many ounces go into a you know? Just think about it. how many ounces go into a pound, and how many pounds go into a ton, and multiply all that by a thousand, and then put four and a half tons of it. That's what she gave to him as a gift. A simple gift, and also a sack of spices and expensive gems. There has not been a cargo of spice like that since the shipload that the Queen of Sheba brought to King Solomon. In other words... And if we understand the spice trade, the spices were also seen as a form of currency. Yes. Spice were currency. And look at this. She gave him gifts that blew his mind. And look what he did. King Solomon, for his part, gave the Queen of Sheba all of her heart's desire, everything she asked for on top of what he had already so generously given her, satisfied, she returned home with her train of servants. Three words, equality, reciprocity, and satisfaction. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a billboard. Say that one more time. Equality, reciprocity, and satisfaction. <sighs> Can you find it, ladies? Can you find it? <laughs> Men and women, when the image of God male and the image of God female are both functioning in their full purpose and position and power and authority, you're going to have some equality, some reciprocity, and some satisfaction. You will not be singing, no, I can't get no satisfaction. No. Queen <laughs> <The laughs> <Nina> of Sheba <laughs> left there satisfied, thoroughly satisfied. Lord have mercy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Woo! King Solomon didn't say, now, I don't appreciate you uh, bringing me these four and a half tons of gold, little lady. 
need to stay in your place, little lady. That's a little bit too much gold that you are bringing over here. No. <laughs> My head is beaming like a light. <laughs> he didn't turn down what she had to provide. And she didn't withhold from giving it to him. Mm -hmm. Women stop withholding gifts. Because there's something that is connected in your gifts that will bring satisfaction to leaders. We're not talking about eros love or romantic stuff. We are talking about there's, see, this is the thing that men, we have to understand. We have to treasure what the woman brings to the table. She brought wisdom. She brought resources. And she brought confirmation. When a man has a woman who comes into his life to affirm, confirm him, there is a soul satisfaction that brings a God unit together between male and female. You had the meeting of the minds and you had from one great leader to another great leader. From one great expression of manhood to a great expression of womanhood. God have mercy. What can happen when greatness is unintimidated by greatness? Everybody benefits from this merger of greatness. It's a synergy that happens there. There is no um, there's no f more fulfilling joy to, than to be in the presence of people who see you as you are and are not intimidated by who you are in all of your glory, in all of your splendor, in all of your anointing, in all of your giftedness, in all of the array of who you are. Going back to the scripture, she was able, think about it, she was able to pour out herself and share her heart with an equal. I'm not intimidated by what you have. <sighs> she came to him and talked about all the things that she cared about. Emptying her heart to him. You can empty your heart with somebody who doesn't have an ulterior motive or a hidden agenda. Mm. Why? Because he stood in his greatness. And when he stood in his greatness, guess what? She could soften into hers. See, this is the beauty. The beauty of the two genders of God. Men and woman. Man and woman. Yes, you can get along. Men, male and female, yes, you can come together and talk. Male and female, yes, you can come together and share gifts. Yes, male and female, you can come together and have intellectual discourse of equality. Yes, male and female, you can come together and be astonished by the greatness of each other. That would never happen until you start engaging. She didn't stay with her hand with her woman 
and bash the men. Uh-oh. <laughs> she didn't stay with a woman's only environment and say, well, men ain't no good. Come on, come on, come on. Keep she did not sit there and become self-gendered only. She also was not condescending. She was not condescending because, and dismissive. Because she had greatness. Her when, greatness did not turn her into a condescending woman. She didn't have not have bitterness and rule off the other gender. There's only two genders in the world. Male and female. And intersex. Two primary genders in the world. Male and female, God created he them. As far as humanity is concerned, understand. Men didn't have a boys club where women can be involved. Nobody would said to tell me, but you better watch, you better watch her. She she you know, you better watch that girl. She, you know, she had tricked something, blah, 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 blah. We have to stop bashing each other. And let the fullness of the image of God. There is some healing I feel in this session. When Christ said that the woman will stand, the queen of the south, Sheba will stand in the end times in these days that we're in now and man can stand and not feel intimidated look what can happen so on that <laughs> we got so much more to share but I'm going to turn it over to a prophet and allow her to just speak and pray into this oracle today all right, go ahead, Prophet. Come on over. What shall we say? <laughs> what shall we say to these things? Excellent word on today. I know, I, I, I have no doubt that someone today has been super encouraged by the message and the word of life that has come on today. Women, God's superpower on earth. We have the power to shift things, to shift nations. We have the power in our words. We have the power in our prayers. We have the power in um, how we carry ourselves, right? to bring about change. And I hope that you will go back and you will read this interaction between the Queen of Sheba um, and Solomon. It's in 1 Kings 10, uh, verses 1 through 10, and also verse 13. It's a very, very powerful demonstration of what happens when greatness meets greatness. When two minds come together that are both great, they're both seen in the greatness of who they are and so as we pray today i want to uh, pray into those three things equality reciprocity and satisfaction that our relationships our relationships with people um will be at a place where we're having reciprocity 
and reciprocal healthy relationships with people. We are seeing each other as equals. There's no no little person, no big person. You know, you're higher than me. I'm lower than you. Any of that kind of stuff happening in, in our relationships. And that there is a measure of satisfaction that we come away from our interactions with each other, whether that be women or to women or men to women, whatever interaction we're having with others, that we are having healthy relationships and healthy interactions. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness today. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for this word on today. We ask that you touch Apostle Robert, continue to provide your uh, wisdom through him, continue to provide your word, continue to speak your heart through him in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for every woman, every man who would hear this message, that they would hear it through the lens of your heart, that they would hear this message through a lens of purity, that they would hear this message, Father, and that it would speak to the areas of them, Lord God, that has been questioning, what is my role in the world today? What is my role as a woman? What is my role as a man? Where do I fit in the current climate, in the current uh, tensions that are happening in our society. I know I'm put here for a reason. Clarify that reason. Clarify the partnerships that I'm supposed to have. Clarify the people that I'm supposed to be connected to out of a spirit of excellence and greatness. Allow me to create partnerships that see me as equal. Allow me to create partnerships that are reciprocal. Allow me to create partnerships that honor who I am as a human being, that honor the sacredness in which I bring to this life, that honor who I am and my faith and don't require me to hide any of who I am. And so, Father, we thank you for doing just that. It is in your son Jesus' name that we pray, we believe, and we receive. And if there is someone listening today that has not received you, Father, we pray that they would accept in Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, that they would receive his forgiveness for their sins, that they would repent of any sins that they are committing, and that they would receive the grace that God continually offers for them right in this moment. It is in your son Jesus' name that we pray, believe, and receive. Amen and amen. Listen, I want to thank you for your time and attention. If you would like to donate to today's service and message, you can click on the link that is posted and pinned in our comment section. I wish you all a wonderful week. Remember, light is the most daring opposition to darkness. I pray that the Lord fill you with joy and grace and peace this week and that you find relationships and connections that see you as equal, that provide reciprocity and that satisfy the soul that's on the inside of you. Take care, be well, and be light.